God is telling us that the cross is his glory. Because the cross is his place where he showed his love so beautifully to us. The cross is the place where he showed us that that death and suffering is not going to be the last word, that he has not abandoned us, that he has not disappeared, and that he has not gone silent. The cross is the glory of God. When people came asking to see Jesus, what did Jesus do? He predicted his death because that's where he wanted people to see him. They wa- he wanted people to see his glory there. The sermon that you're about to hear is from Pastor Paul Borman at Hope Lutheran Church, located in Tigard, Oregon. For more information and for more content, go to hopeintiger.com. We need to go back to preschool today. You remember those days? I think we've all had days probably recently where we've sat thinking, I wish I could just go back to preschool. I think that's why I love sitting in the car driving Theo back from school on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday and hearing all his stories about what he did and and the superhero station that he got to play with all morning. I think we need to go back to preschool. You know, I've got some really fond and and clear memories about my preschool experience. I remember when my preschool teacher taught me about the senses. And what she had is she had all these things where she was trying to immerse all of us little kids into our senses so that we could become sensitive to them She had a bucket of sand there and she told us to put our hands in there and feel just so that we can feel what sand feels like. And then she had this big blown up picture of an emerald green forest and she told us to go get up real close to it and see all the things that we can see. And then she passed around a a tissue box and she said, don't peek inside, but I want you to take a big sniff. And and everybody that took a sniff knew that what was in there was an onion. (laughs) And then she had us all lie down on the floor and she started playing a symphony on the stereo. And I remember it because all of us kids were focused on our senses. We were sensitive to our senses. We've got an exercise like this today in John chapter 12. John wants us to see and to hear something, someone. He wants us to see and hear Jesus. But it's not going to be in the way that we expect. It hardly ever is, right? So are you ready to see and hear Jesus? Let's get into John chapter 12, verses 20 through 36. John writes to us, Now there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the festival. And they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew, and Andrew and Philip in turn told Jesus. Jesus replied, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. 
Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. Now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. The crowd that was there and heard it said it had thundered. And others said an angel had spoken to him. Jesus said, This voice was for your benefit, not mine. Now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the Prince of Peace will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. The crowd spoke up, We have heard from the law and the Messiah that the Messiah will remain forever. So how can you say the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? Then Jesus told them, You are going to have the light just a little while longer. Walk while you have the light before darkness overtakes you. Whoever walks in the dark does not know where they are going. Believe in the light while you have the light so that you may become children of light. When he had finished speaking, Jesus left and hid himself from them. This is the gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Spirit of God, open our eyes to see and our ears to hear today. Amen. The Greeks wanted to see. And so the text goes a little bit like this. They go to Philip, and Philip goes to Andrew, and Philip and Andrew go to Jesus. And then Jesus responds to the request in a way that only Jesus could, right? He responds to it by beginning this discourse where he's dropping truth after truth on the disciples. He starts by saying that that his hour has come and and how he's kind of like a seed that needs to get planted into the ground and how the disciples are supposed to hate their lives or something like that. And then they're going to serve Jesus and then the world is going to be condemned. Then the Son of Man is going to be lifted up. And then you get to the very end here and John says that that. In true response to the request, Jesus hides himself away from the people. So, I mean, we can make it really simple here. The the Greeks go to Philip and they want to see Jesus. They had come to Jerusalem for the festival and all they wanted was to see Jesus. And this is his answer. He hides himself from them. You know, they maybe never get to see Jesus. 
And, and maybe not only did they miss out on that, but they also missed out on hearing him. They missed out on seeing him and, and hearing him. I had never noticed this before about this text. It was like reading it for the first time this week, really. God's voice booms out here. And that doesn't happen very often. It happened three times throughout Jesus' ministry. It happened for the first time when Jesus was baptized. God's voice boomed out from heaven and said, This is my Son, whom I love. And then it happened again on the mountain of of transfiguration where Jesus' glory was revealed to his disciples on that mountainside. God's voice boomed out there and the third time is here. It's only recorded in the Gospel of John. God's voice booms out from heaven and it says, I have glorified my name and I will glorify it again. We can boil it down. God's voice booms out during this holy week during this time where he knows that his son's time to die has come and he booms out from heaven glory. G-L-O-R-Y glory. God's voice booms out like that but the people's spiritual senses are not in tune. The voice of God is audible and it's comprehensible. John understood what the voice of God was saying, but but he also wants it to be clear to us that the people who were there didn't understand it. He says that there were some people in that crowd who, who said that the voice was thunder and that there were some who said it was an angel. There are people in that crowd that that got out their naturalistic explanations of what that thundering sound could have been. These are Greek people. They they had grown up with with this hearing about this God Zeus who speaks through thunder. And so they heard this thunderous voice and they said, it's got to be thunder. And then there were people who were a little bit closer to the truth and and they said that must have been a heavenly voice. But the truth still remains that none of them heard the voice. Otherwise, they would have known it was Jesus' Father in heaven. God had boomed out in his voice saying, this is the time for my son to be glorified. And they had missed it. probably better said that they hadn't missed it, they had explained it away. Are you starting to see what John is telling us here? He's he's communicating something really subtle here about the way that human beings perceive God. He's saying it subtly, and I'll say it plainly. Human beings stink at perceiving God. We know that He is all around us. The Bible tells us that He is in every place at all times. And can we perceive Him here? We cannot see Him. In fact, what we see in this text is that even when God's voice booms down audibly and clearly and comprehensively, even then, we explain God away. 
I want to illustrate this in another way. There was a guy named Stephen Hawking who was a brilliant, brilliant astrophysicist in his time. And he spent his life and his career studying the universe and the way that it all fits together. And, and in his career, he was famous for saying things about how unlikely it is that all things in the universe should fit together the way that they do. He would say that there's, it, it's infinitely more probable that if there were to be a creator of something, that would make a lot more sense than if everything was random. You know, he would make statements like that based on his observations, and yet he would still make really harsh statements about the non-existence of God. This man, with his beautiful mind, probably was the best person in human history to have been able to see the beauty of God in the sky. But he couldn't see God. Us human beings, we stink at perceiving God everywhere that he is. And obviously it's not just the supernatural and the cosmological that I'm talking about here. We we struggle to see God in our daily lives as well. We know from the Bible that each one of us is fearfully and wonderfully made. Each one of us, life, is a miracle. And yet we walk around in in this crowds of people and we forget that we can see God's miracles in every single one of the people that we meet. And we can't see God there. Or we look around in the world And we stress about the things that are happening there. And we forget about God's promise that He is working through all of it already. We forget that that God can be seen in everything there. We forget about seeing God in the places that we know that He is. And of course, that that only gets amplified into the days that are really hard. You know, when do most people actively look for God? When do people most want to see Him? It's in a time of trouble. And when you're sitting in in a hospital room and you're holding the hand of a loved one who you know is about to pass away, that's when you're searching for God. That's when you want to see Jesus. You're searching for Him everywhere because you just want to know where is God in suffering? Where is God in death? I can't see Him anywhere. It seems like He's hiding just like He did in this text. Or when you're, when you're in round 10 out of 10 in a bout with your mental health, that's when you want to see God, Right? That's when you want to be able to see him so that you can know that you have not been abandoned and that he does love you and that he is there for you. But it just seems that in that moment you can't see him. And he's hidden and he's gone and he's silent. Or when you're struggling for your faith 
And you just want to see God. You want to see Jesus' face so that you can know that what you're believing is good and right and true. That's when it seems like Jesus is more hidden from you than ever. In those moments where we are struggling to see God, it can seem like those are the moments that he seems most to be disappeared and silent as a God. But here's the truth about this. Here's the truth that we can learn from this text. God is not silent and he has not disappeared. What has happened is that we have gone blind and that we have gone deaf to him. So you know what God does? You know what God does in response because he loves us so much? You can see what he did in this text. The people wanted to see him. And so God turned up the volume. And he spoke with a booming voice from heaven. It's kind of like if you go to a concert and, and, and the headliner just walked out on stage and you're in the front row and the headliner plays that first chord and you can just feel the music vibrating through your bones because it's that loud. God turns the volume up for us and he doesn't just do that. He shines a spotlight where he wants us to see him. In fact, he he shines a spotlight on someone. That's what Jesus says. He said this in this text. He said, Now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. And when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. What Jesus is saying is that the spotlight is shining on the Son of Man who will be lifted up for all to see. And the spotlight is shining on the Son of Man who will draw all people to himself. Now, do you know what he's talking about when he says the Son of Man will be lifted up? He's talking about his death. He's talking about the way that he is going to be physically lifted up off of the ground to hang on a rough piece of wood by nails that have been driven through his wrists and through his feet. That's how the Romans did it. They lifted criminals up for everyone to see so that anyone in the city or coming into the city or leaving the city would be able to be warned. This is what we do with the worst of the worst. And Jesus is saying, I'm going to be lifted up like that and everyone is going to see me. You know, it's kind of like it's kind of like a traffic jam that's caused by gawking. Where, where you get held up in a traffic jam for an hour and you're kind of okay with it because you've heard that there's an accident and we just want everybody to be safe. But then, but then you get to the front of the line and then you realize that your hour of traffic jam was caused by an accident that's on the other side of the road. Everybody just had to see this. 
That's what Jesus is saying his death is going to be like. Everyone is going to see him. Everyone is going to look. They're all going to be drawn to this. Moms are going to cover the eyes of their children, but the moms are going to look. They are going to see the Son of Man who has been lifted up to die. They're going to see the Son of Man who is now dying because he raised a man named Lazarus from the dead. They're going to see the Son of Man who is the King of creation crowned with the crown of thorns. They're going, to, they're going to look at the Son of Man who was lifted up, who has a throne at God's right hand in heaven, whose throne is now a piece of wood. Are you seeing God now? Because Jesus is saying that's where he wants you to see him. The Greeks came and said, we want to see Jesus. And Jesus responded by predicting his death. (sighs) Helen Keller. She was a woman who lost her sight before she was two years old. As the dad of a little girl who is going to turn two years old in June, that, that, that boggles my mind at how that could be. Not only did she lose her sight, but she lost her hearing as well. And, and growing up, that was so hard for her. She described it as if she was inside of a box that no sound could get into and no light could get into, a box that she was in by herself and everybody on the outside, everybody else in the world was, was so far away from her. The world was closed to her. She was blind. She was deaf. She could not see. She could not hear anything anywhere. But she had a teacher named Anne Sullivan who dedicated her life to teaching Helen. And what Anne would do is she would painstakingly and slowly teach Helen by giving her an object to hold in her hand. She would give her a cup. And she would show Helen how to feel the cup and feel all of its contours and edges and and what it feels like so that she can get a mental picture of what this is like. And then she would take Helen's hand and do the sign language for C-U-P into her hand so that Helen could learn to speak and to hear and to see. The way that Helen describes this is is that it was as if the world became open to her and that she could see and that she could hear again. And she was actually the first deaf and blind person to graduate from college. It's, It's absolutely incredible what this is. She was deaf and she was blind. And she learned to see and to hear in the world. Spiritually speaking, maybe this time has already come for you where you felt like you couldn't see and you couldn't hear God. Maybe that time is right now for you. Maybe that time is still coming. 
in that moment where you're feeling like you cannot see God and you cannot hear God in your life and and, and all that's left for you is to murmur a prayer asking God, where are you? In that moment, here's what I want you to do. I want you to find a cross that you can hold in your hand. And if you can't find one, I want you to do your best to imagine it. Feel the contours and the edges of that cross and feel the sharp angles that pulled Jesus' body on that day. You feel that cross in your hand and as you feel it, spell into your mind the word that God spoke in thunder into the world. G-L-O-R-Y. Glory. God is telling us that the cross is his glory. Because the cross is his place where he showed his love so beautifully to us. The cross is the place where he showed us that that death and suffering is not going to be the last word, that he has not abandoned us, that he has not disappeared, and that he has not gone silent. The cross is the glory of God. When people came asking to see Jesus, what did Jesus do? He predicted his death because that's where he wanted people to see him. They wa- he wanted people to see his glory there. So when you want to see Jesus, where do you look? Look to the cross. When you're sitting in that hospital room holding the hand of a dear loved one who is going to pass away and you're looking around anywhere to see God in the pain and suffering, look to the cross. Look to the cross because you'll see that on that cross, Jesus made sure that suffering and death would not be the last word on our lives. And when you're in that struggle in mental health and you just want to be able to see God, to know that you have not been abandoned, that he does care for you, look to the cross. Because the cross is where he demonstrated and proved that he does care for us. And the cross is where he was abandoned so that we never would be. And when you're struggling for your faith and you just want to see God so that you can know that that what you are believing is good and right and true, look to the cross and see the God who was lifted up like that so that you could see him there dying on the cross to save you from your sins. God is not hidden. God is not silent. Look to the cross. His glory is there. Amen.